Hi, welcome to Lighthouse Vineyard Church. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at lighthousevineyard.church. Enjoy the message. Hello, everyone. My name is Clint Schwartz. I'm the lead pastor here at Lighthouse. Thanks for being here today. It's cold out there, isn't it? Man, it's cold out there. Uh, if you're in the beacon, thanks for being here as well. And if you're watching online in your pajamas, I am jealous. Just so you know. <laughs> But thanks for watching. So on this blustery winter day, I want you to take a moment and think about your favorite vacation spot. All right? Think about that. So Rose and I are um, celebrating our 16-year anniversary in May, and uh, just reminding me of where we went for our honeymoon. It was to the Caribbean island of St. Kitts. Here's a couple of pictures. Don't you wish you were there? There's another one. Yes. Rose's idea of a wonderful vacation spot is it includes a beach. Now, I actually like mountains, you know, so uh, Alaska would be a wonderful vacation spot. Here's a couple of pictures. See the northern lights and the mountains. And then here's another one. Just that, look at that lake. You know, there's a lot of fish in that lake, aren't there? You know, you, just can, you can see it. You can see it. But, uh, but I, and I don't say this to make anyone angry today, but I, I just have to say I'm in need of a, vac- a vacation, and we are actually going on a vacation. Super excited to Sarasota, Florida next week. And they have the number one beach in America, Siesta Key Beach. How many of you have been there? If you're watching online, put it up in the chat that I've been to Siesta Key Beach. This is a picture of Siesta Key Beach. That's me right there. You can kind of see <laughs> in my mind's eye. Here's another picture, though. Just look at the water. Isn't that nice? Yes, I'm super excited about that. Um, some people would say that these vacation spots are heaven on earth. I'm heaven on earth. But let me just say, um, they don't even compare to heaven. Not even close. Even when I'm sitting on that beach next week, I, it won't feel anything like heaven. Heaven is going to be a wonderful place, way beyond our imagination. 1 Corinthians 2.9 says, however, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. We haven't seen it. We haven't heard it. We can't even really imagine how wonderful heaven will be one day. There's actually another scripture where Jesus says that he is leaving, going back up to heaven to prepare a place for us. So he's been working on my house for like 2,000 years. It's going to be super, super sweet. Your house too. I mean, he's making our homes up there, our homes in heaven. So in the book of Revelation, the author John sees a vision of a city descending out of heaven. And I just want to talk about that for a moment because he describes the city of Jerusalem, the new Jerusalem. So let's read this in Revelation chapter 21. The wall was made of jasper and the city of pure gold as pure as glass. The foundations of the city walls were decorated with every kind of precious stone. The first foundation was jasper, the second sapphire, the third agate, the fourth emerald, the fifth onyx, the sixth ruby, the seventh chrysolite the eighth barrel, the ninth topaz, the tenth turquoise, the eleventh jacinth, and the twelfth amethyst. The twelve gates were twelve pearls, each gate made of a single pearl. 
The great street of the city was of gold as pure as transparent glass. So can you imagine that? I mean, the foundations of the walls are precious stones. The gates are made out of a single pearl. Just think of the size of the oyster. I mean, can you imagine? And then the streets, which we walk on, you know, our bricks or gravel or stone is pure gold, as transparent as glass. Heaven is going to be incredibly beautiful, incredibly beautiful. And not only is it going to be beautiful, but it's going to be a great place to live. In uh, Revelation chapter 21, verse 4, John is talking about God. He says, he will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. I mean, wouldn't you want to just go there for that? Forget how beautiful it is. I mean, no pain, no crying, no death. Man, it's going to be a fantastic place, fantastic place. And we're all going to want to be there one day. I can just guarantee we're all going to want to be there. Now, heaven was a really popular topic when Jesus was on earth. And people asked him questions about heaven. Jesus talked about heaven a lot. In the book of Matthew alone, which records a lot of Jesus's stories and his life, Jesus mentions the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God 36 times. 36 times. And Matthew records at least a dozen parables that, that Jesus told just about heaven. Jesus had a lot to say about our eternal destination. And today we're going to talk about one of those parables that Jesus told about heaven. So we are in a series right now called The Good Stuff, Studying the Words of Jesus, because I believe Really, and again, it's my opinion, but I believe the best stuff in the Bible is in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, in most of our Bibles, the red letters. It's the words that Jesus spoke. So during this series, between now and Easter, we're just focusing on what Jesus said in those four books. So last week, I told, uh, or gave a message where Jesus told three different stories about God's heart. The message was misunderstood, clarifying God's heart toward the sinner. And if you missed it, I would encourage you to go back and you can watch that online on our website or on Facebook. But today we're going to be reading a story where Jesus is talking about heaven. You can turn to your Bibles if you would like. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 20. Matthew is the first book in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and it was written by a tax collector, um, someone who betrayed, as a tax collector, he betrayed his people, and he was called a sinner, and he was an outcast. But when he found Jesus, everything changed, and he became a disciple of Jesus, and he was meticulous with details. And so he recorded the stories and sayings that Jesus uh, gave in his lifetime. So today, we're going to be uh, in chapter 20. The parable is known as the parable of the workers in the vineyard. And just before this, the reason Jesus is telling this is because someone was asking, what are the entrance requirements to get to heaven? So he, he talked a little bit, and then he told this parable. So we're going to learn from this parable today. Chapter 20, starting with verse 1. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard. He agreed to pay them a denarius for the day and sent them into his vineyard. 
About nine in the morning, he went out and saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. He told them, you also go and work in my vineyard, and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. He went out again about noon and about three in the afternoon and did the same thing. About five in the afternoon, he went out and found still others standing around. He asked them, why have you been standing here all day long doing nothing? Because no one has hired us, they answered. He said to them, you also go and work in my vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last ones hired and going on to the first. The workers who were hired about five in the afternoon came and each received a denarius. So when those came who were hired first, they expected to receive more. But each one of them also received a denarius. When they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. These who were hired last worked only one hour, they said, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the work and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them, I am not being unfair to you, friend. Didn't you agree to work for a denarius? Take your pay and go. I want to give to the one who was hired last the same as I give you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first and the first will be last. So today's message is titled, Heaven, a Destination Available to Everyone. And from this parable, which is about heaven, I'm going to pull out a couple of uh, points from it, some things that we can understand and know better about heaven and what it takes to get to heaven. So I'm going to pray, and then I'll give you some things you can fill in on your handouts. So pray with me. God, we thank you for your son, Jesus, who came to earth to teach us how to live our lives, to um, ultimately die on a cross for our sins, to give us new life. And Lord, I pray today that you would speak to our hearts and minds, that you'd open up our ears to hear from you, Lord, and I pray, God, that you would give me your words to speak. Holy Spirit, have your way in this place today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so you can fill this in on your handout if you'd like. When it comes to heaven, number one, God wants us all. God wants us all, each and every one of us. Now, have you guys seen this movie, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory? Yeah, it's, it's actually supposed to be a kid's movie, but I had nightmares about the Oompa Loompas, right? You know, how's it go? Oompa Loompa Doopity Ah, just like gives me chills just even thinking about it. It's scary, but now for those of you that haven't seen this movie, the, the premise is Willy Wonka owns a chocolate factory, and he wants to give away free tours of the chocolate factory. He has an ulterior motive, but I won't actually give you that, because in case you haven't seen it, you know, I don't want to blow it for you. But anyway, so the way that you got a ticket was you opened up a candy bar, and it had this golden ticket. Here's a picture of what the golden ticket looks like. And so if you got the golden ticket, you got to go on this tour. And there were only five golden tickets uh, that were given away, and Charlie gets one of those. So he gets into the, he actually gets into the chocolate factory, and I'll stop there. You got to watch the movie. But watch out for the Oompa Loompas. All right. So now, unlike this, I was just thinking about this. Willy Wonka only wanted five people to get into his chocolate factory, and that's just so different than God. God does not have a limited supply of golden tickets. He wants everyone to make it into heaven. That's his heart. He wants everyone to get into heaven. Now, if we go back to our 
parable, the landowner represents God. So the landowner in this story represents God. So starting with verse one, let's, let's just read what the landowner does. So first of all, for the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went early, went out early in the morning to hire workers. So he went out early in the morning. And then verse three, about nine in the morning, he went out and saw others. So he went out at nine. And then verse five, he went out again about noon and about three. And then verse six, about six in the afternoon, he went out again. So in this parable, the landowner goes out five different times, you know, morning, nine, noon, three, five o'clock, looking for workers. And it represents God is out looking for people to be part of his kingdom. Last week, we told the story of the, the parable of the lost sheep. And in that story, the shepherd represents God as well. And so the shepherd has a hundred sheep, but one of them has wandered away, is lost. And so God has these 99 sheep and he leaves them in an open area and goes after the one because 99 is not enough. You know, God wants everyone to be part of his kingdom. Heaven is not an exclusive club with limited membership. I just want to, I want to say that again. Because for some of you, you just need to hear that today. If you, if you don't hear anything else today, hear this. Heaven is not an exclusive club with limited, limited membership. It's for everyone. It's for you. It's for that family member that you don't like. It's for that teacher who is mean to you. I mean, heaven is available for everyone. But there is an entry price to get into heaven. You have to have your golden ticket, right? You got to have your golden ticket. That's point number two. When it comes to heaven, the price for entry is the same, though. It's the same for everyone. No matter what our background is, the price is the same. So let me try to explain. In the parable, the denarius is the reward for working in the field. Here's a, here's a picture of what um, a denarius looked like in that day. It was equal to a day's wages uh, worth of work. Now, in that time, they worked first shift <laughs> because it was dark at night and they didn't have electricity, right? And so from sunup to sundown, they typically worked. So they did these 12-hour days from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. So in this um, example, so in the morning, the, the, the workers were at the marketplace ready to get hired. And so the, the, the owner of the field showed up to the marketplace to hire them. So that's where they met up was at the marketplace. So the invitation to work represents God's invitation to each of us to participate in the kingdom of God. All right. So it's God's invitation to say to be part of God's kingdom. That's the invitation to work. And then each of us has an opportunity to respond to that. Am I going to choose to follow God? That's our choice. All right. To be part of his kingdom. Now, the denarius, that's the reward for choosing to follow God. That represents God's grace for us which is our ticket, that's our golden ticket into heaven, is that that's the reward for choosing to follow God, all right? When we choose to follow Jesus, our reward is eternal life in heaven. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, 
But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, what's interesting is that in this parable, the workers all start at different times, right? So some of them started at noon. I mean, I'm sorry, at 6 a.m. Some started at 9 a.m. Some started at noon, at 3. And even some started at 5 o'clock. And they, that means they all worked a different amount. So it doesn't matter how much we work for God. God's grace is the single reward that we all need to get into heaven. It's equal for each and every one of us. When Jesus was on the cross, two criminals were crucified on either side of him. And one of the scriptures tells a story where one of the, the criminals defends Jesus and says, hey, when you enter into your kingdom, remember me. So that day, the criminal decides, I need God's grace. I need God's forgiveness. And he asks Jesus to remember him. Now remember, this is a criminal. He deserved to die, so he must have done some pretty bad things in his life. And he's hanging on the cross in his last minutes of life. And he asks Jesus, remember me and your kingdom. And Jesus says in Luke chapter 23, verse 43, Jesus answered him, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. And that criminal was only a follower of Christ for minutes, maybe hours at the most. And he received the golden ticket into heaven that day. So it doesn't matter if you are a brand new follower of Christ or if you've been a follower of Christ most of your life. We all receive the same reward for choosing God. And that's his grace and his forgiveness and heaven as our reward. So a couple of thoughts on that. If you are a follower of Jesus today or have been for some time, the temptation is to feel like those workers who have been around for a long time, bearing the brunt of work, you know, they, they did most of the work, they carried the, the heat of the day on their backs, and they grumbled, and they complained and said, hey, why is their reward the same as mine? Am I not better than them because I've worked harder and longer? Guys, we can't earn God's grace. It doesn't matter how hard we work, how long we've worked. God's grace is equal for every single one of us. So as followers of Christ, man, let's try not to be judgmental. Let's try not to look at other people and say, oh, I don't know if God's grace can cover them. <laughs> you know, I know what they're doing. Hmm. Scripture says that they grumbled out of envy. I want us to think about that for a moment. Verse 15 says, Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I am generous? And I believe that envy is this sin that it's kind of a secret sin many times in us, you know, followers of Christ, people who've been following Jesus for a while. And in this story, they're actually looking at the people who only worked an hour and they're grumbling because they're envious of it. In their heart, they're wishing, well, man, if, if that's all it took to get this reward, I wish I would have 
goofed off for 11 hours, you know, and shown up in the 11th hour and got the same pay. It was out of envy. It's out of envy. Last week, I told the story, one of the three parables was the lost son. And I told the part where the, the lost son gets his inheritance and he, he runs off and wastes all the money and, and then ends up starving and goes back to his father and, and his father forgives him. And the reason for that story was to show God's heart was a God that's gracious and forgiving. But what I didn't read was the, the next part of that story, which talks about the older son's response the elder son. And, and the elder son many times represents those of us who have been a follower of Christ for a while. Let me read this. It says, in Luke chapter 15, Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come home, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. Now get this, this is the older brother's response. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him, but he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home and you kill, you kill the fattened calf for him. Can you hear the envy in there? You know? And then God, who represents the father here, he says, my son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours, but we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. I really believe that the sin of envy is not one that we typically talk about, but I believe that that is predominant many times in our lives. We don't realize that we just, it just comes out as complaining or being frustrated I mean, it might be as simple as you're driving down the highway and all the cars are stopped up ahead and you're in the wrong lane, right? And so then you see a car go zooming by and they're like, oh, they shouldn't be doing that. They should wait. And But really what you're saying is, I wish that was me. I wish I was the one zooming by and getting up ahead because it's in there. When we complain about other, people's many other people, many times it's because it's, we want that. We want that same treatment. Now, it may not be people around you that, that you're, you know, like they're newer Christians and they get opportunities and, and you, it may not be something like that. Maybe really you just look at some of the celebrities that claim to be followers of Jesus and you say, well, how can they be a follower of Jesus? Look at that yacht. Look at that car. You know, look at the clothes that they're wearing. They can't be, right? Or it could be, I mean, Rush Limbaugh, I just read this week, became a follower of Jesus like three years ago. I didn't know that. And I don't know how true that story is or anything. But on the Fox News article where they were talking about that, people just hated him, just hated him. I don't know that he, I mean, I'm sure he wasn't perfect because I'm not perfect. But I will say this, as followers of Jesus, if someone becomes a follower of Jesus or says that they are, we should be rejoicing instead of criticizing and say, yes, somebody jumped in the field. I don't care if it's the 11th hour. I don't care if it's five o'clock and there's not much time left. And I've been working my whole life for Jesus. Let's just be excited. Let's just be excited that somebody said, they're saying the name of Jesus. 
Actually, Scripture says you cannot call, say Jesus is Lord and Jesus be cursed at the same time. If they're saying Jesus be Lord, let's rejoice. Let's be a group of people who are like, I'm excited about that. Now, secondly, if you're not a follower of Jesus today, don't wait till the 11th hour. Don't wait. The criminal on the cross got a chance. I mean, he was going to get killed one way or the other. He happened to get hung up on a cross right beside the Savior of the world. But we can't expect that kind of thing to happen. We can't expect that on my deathbed, I'm going to get that chance to follow Jesus. We need to make that decision today. And besides, there's a lot of work to be done for the kingdom. Don't waste your life living for yourself when you could be impacting people's hearts and souls for all eternity today. We can make a difference today. Now, getting into heaven is the same for everyone. It just takes that golden ticket of choosing to follow Jesus and receiving his grace. I mean, that's, that's the ticket into heaven. But let me, let me just say this. There are rewards in heaven so we may all make it in the door, but we're going to have different rewards. Scripture says this in Matthew chapter 6. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. See, heaven is going to be incredible. But if we follow Jesus, as we follow Jesus and as we give our lives to following him, we are storing up treasures in heaven. Someone asked me uh, between services, how exactly do we do that? And it's a whole nother sermon, but generally speaking, it's good works and giving to the poor here on earth. It's, it's when we start living for other people instead of ourselves. Well, the longer that we do that, it goes to show we'll probably have more rewards in heaven, right? So if you're not a follower of Jesus today, don't wait until you're on your deathbed. Don't wait until you retire. I mean, none of us are guaranteed to have tomorrow anyway. I mean, give your life to Jesus today. Say yes to the invitation to follow him today. And if you're watching online and this is speaking to you, throw something up in the chat and we'll follow up with you. Here's your last fill-in. Even though the entry price is the same, the size of the mansions will be different. I don't know if that's a good statement. It's probably really bad theology. Um, Jesus went off to build a mansion for all of us. You know, we, but uh, we may have different size mansions, might have different floors, you know, based on what we do to follow Christ today because there are different rewards in heaven one day. I don't know what they look like, but I can guarantee you we're all going to wish we had more. We're all going to wish we had more. So when it comes to heaven, your two points was God wants us all and the price for entry is the same. I'm going to turn ministry time over to Tony and the Beacon and invite my wife to come up here and finish us in a time of prayer. Thank you. Oops, sorry. So I don't know where most of you are um, with Jesus, but I'm just going to present this opportunity and just tell you that no one 
on the planet is disqualified to go to heaven or to be in relationship with Jesus. I don't care what you've done in this life, you are not disqualified. That's just truth. No bad person or good person is disqualified. Something that sometimes God gives me hard things to say. <laughs> this is one of those. Um, something I feel like he said is being good doesn't get you into heaven. Just sit on that for a little bit. Being good alone does not get you into heaven. When we choose to be a Jesus follower, when we choose to be in relationship with him, that is what gives us eternal life. So where are you at today? I don't know where you all are. God does. Where are you at? Why don't you stand with me? So everyone has an opportunity to make a decision today. care what you did last night or last week or this morning or what you didn't do everybody has the same opportunity to come into relationship with Jesus this morning that's your choice so you get to choose to say yes to the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth this morning and to be in relationship with him and to spend eternity with him. If that's you, you can come forward as a simple act of obedience and saying, yes, I choose Jesus. No matter what I did yesterday, no matter how good I am, as an opportunity to say yes to him. You can come forward now if that is you. If your heart is pounding or your hands are sweaty, <laughs> it's probably you. It's probably your time. someone in this room who needs to make that decision and make that choice 
If that's you and you want to come up after I dismiss Pastor Clint or I would love to pray with you. First service, we had two people come up and accept Jesus, which is pretty exciting. So if you'd like to come after service and have someone pray with you, we would love to do that with you. So Lord Jesus, I thank you for being here today. I thank you for meeting with us. And I thank you for the gift, the gift and the honor and the privilege of choosing you. What a privilege, Lord, to choose you and to choose eternity with you. It's a privilege, Lord. So, Lord, I pray for boldness and courage for anyone to come to us for prayer if that's what is needed, Lord. I thank you for you. Thank you, Lord. So God, I pray that you would bless each person in this room, that they would have a good week, and Lord, that they would encounter you this week, Lord, that they have interactions with you. Lord, would you bless them? In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So if you would like prayer for anything, we do have a prayer team that is willing to pray with you as well. Have a good week. Well, that's it for today's message. We hope we helped you know God more intimately. If you feel our ministry is helping you spiritually, feel free to find out more about us at lighthouseofvineyard.church. Thank you for being part of our family, and we will see you next time.